Entrepreneurs Hangout Podcast. I've got one of my most intriguing guests ever. He could be like one of the most intriguing men of the world. <laughs> I think that we've got this like commercial going on. Please let me introduce my very good friend, Mo Hassan. Hello, hello. Hi, Kylie. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to be on your show and feel honored to be a guest with you. Thank you. Thank you. We've got some exciting stuff. This is going to be like talking entrepreneurism, business, um, well-being, mind psyche, all in one. So this is going to be amazing. But I wanted to, Mo, give us a little background on yourself because nobody can introduce you better than you can yourself. Thank you, Kylie. Um, so you know, introducing myself is a little bit weird because I get asked a lot of how did I end up here? And I can answer it in such a way as well. It started with me being super lazy and irresponsible and skipping a bunch of school, not going to college, and actually, that's what resulted in all my success, right? That was really the causality, was, is the, the fact that I just didn't do any of the normal things. Um, but that doesn't also tell the entire story either, right? So one thing, another way to look at it is I was very fortunate that um, I served my career early on in Army intelligence and then moved on to the professional world at a very early age without a college education and ended up making six figures by the time I was 20 years old. And it. during that time, I had also made my way into the C-suite at a Fortune 50 company by training the CEO of Verizon and several vice presidents at a Verizon Global Networks, which at the time was building the backbone, or they still build the backbone of the internet. Um, but back then, it was the, uh, it was the first asynchronous transfer mode network, or ATM network, that went live. And you know, I got an opportunity to do something that... I, I never knew was possible, right? That in such a young age to be able to introduce to executives that are running the backbone of the internet was amazing, amazing, amazing. And so that just led from one thing to another to eventually to the point where I ended up at the US Supreme Court and I got to work with Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg for a couple of years. Wow. Um, and also work with the Chief Justice and lots of folks at the court. Um, I trained many, many, many vice presidents at the World Bank. I've done management consulting at the Inter-American Development Bank. I've done uh, training at IBM. And there's a, a, you know, I've got a list of clients that are interesting, right? And having grown up in D.C. and having a lot of my career in D.C., D.C. is home of the headquarters of places. So I was fortunate enough to be at the headquarters of places, which usually meant C-suite, which usually meant boards, which usually meant access to managers and executives that otherwise, I don't know how in the world I would have had access to. So, had, like, so let's just say you had access to high rolling C-suite network at a very young age. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm... I guess, you know, look, here's, here's something that I'm very clear about, right, about my career and all the things that have happened, is that for the vast majority of it, I have felt like I was not good enough. I've always felt like the dumbest person in the room, the least qualified person in the room, you know, to when I was at the Supreme Court, for instance, right, so here I am in the room as every law clerk 
in the court, right? And all of them are top of class from Harvard and Yale, mm. right? So that's who I'm in the room with. Like these are the best of, like the best of, the best of, and then I'm supposed to somehow teach them to be better. And so my viewpoint has always been, gosh, what can I learn from my students? What can I learn from my clients, right? So here I am with the VP of operations at Verizon, you know, at a very young age. Gosh, what could I learn from Mr. Bing Cherry, right? Like, yes, I'm here to teach him a couple of things, but by golly, I am way more interested in knowing what he knows. I don't know anything. And so in my career, I've had this very good position to be able to learn from the world's best. And so that has resulted in me being able to actually continue to improve what I teach people. And that's been the vast majority of my career has been teaching executives and managers and well over 20,000 of them over five continents and a dozen countries around the world on how to be better at their job. You know, whether they're in the C-suite, they're in the board of directors, they're in some sort of senior management position, how can they improve their performance as an individual, as a team member, as a team leader, as a colleague, as a coworker, as a friend, as a human being? Well, how can you improve what your position is? Because what I discovered is that there were some people early on that I thought were really powerful managers. Turns out they were just jerks. Yeah. They were bad managers, right? What I discovered is like the best CEOs, the best C-suite executives. Like I remember being at the Supreme Court and I remember being in chambers with Chief Justice John Roberts and him making me feel like I was the most important person in the world. You know what I mean? Like, But wait, just one second. Isn't that amazing when an individual can make you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a sign of a great leader. This is a sign of a great executive is that they're not in there touting their own work. They're there to make sure that their team is enabled and capable of doing things. And um, so it's been, it's been great. I've been fortunate that I gave two, two TEDx talks and I wrote a couple of books and I'm writing several more that are coming out. I've got one more coming out this month and another one coming out next month and about a dozen more planned for 2021. Uh, you know, it's just, it's been, it's been the result of being a very lazy human being. That's how I could describe my career. I love it. I love it. When I'm thinking about the topics, I might think about that. But, but Mo, you know what? When we think about the opportunity where um, um, entrepreneurs, small businesses, how can... How can they learn from what maybe the C-suite um, executives and people that like yourself are teaching? Could you just give us a little bit of information, like not not information, but a little bit of a insight on sure. where entrepreneurship is and where your thoughts are in and 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 that on that level. Okay, so in my observation about business, what I've seen is that there is a disparity in the information set or education available or accessibility to education Mm -hmm. from startups. And let's separate startups a little bit. One category of startups is those that are in the wild, wild west, right? You left your job. You have no idea what the heck you're doing. You're like... 
I'm gonna do this thing, let's go, right? You're, you're gonna figure it out. So that's, that's one world of startups. And then there's a whole nother world of startups that are professional startups run by professional management teams, and they're dealing with completely different types of education. So I think that what you see is that in these tracks, you see that on one track that there's a bunch of people that are in the wild, wild west of startups, like trying out whatever it is that they're doing, that they have a tendency to follow a little bit more of the motivational speaker side, a little bit more of the, you know, they need a little nudge in that direction, mm -hmm. right? To stay focused, to stay tuned, et cetera. While on the other side, it seems to be a little bit more focused around the practical. Okay. Right, like the practicum. And uh, kind of like, a, let me distinguish a couple of things here in education, right? So for many startups that are in the wild, wild west, their education is really focused around how do I make a dollar? Yeah. And that kind of ends the conversation. How do I make a dollar? Mm -hmm. Right, how do I do whatever my skill set is, my ideas, et cetera, and convert it into revenue for myself, my company, my employees, my staff, et cetera. So that's their primary consideration. Okay, great. Let's package that in a nice, lovely bow and call that one type of education. And that's fantastic. And that's a darn good problem to solve, right? Then for those that are in the other space, that are in the professional executive space, their problem to solve is not how do I make a dollar. They're already at the top of their game. Their problem isn't do I have a good education. They already went to an Ivy League school and graduated top of the class, right? You don't end up at these places because you're... You know, but nobody, right? You're already super duper. Right. You're already being paid handsomely. You're being paid at the top of the pay grade in the organization. So the problem for them now all of a sudden becomes, here I am in this condition, in my state, in this age, with my education, with my background, with these resources. How do I perform better at my job? How do I serve my team better, right? And so there's a whole other type of focus and attention on performance particularly in the realm of what we call human capital, right? This is what the human being's value is to the organization. A great executive is consistently seeking how can they provide more value to their team and to their organization. So that focus and attention has a tendency to focus more on, say, the technical aspects of business, mm -hmm. while on the other wild, wild, lost, it's more of like, let's go make a sale, let's go make a profit, let's go figure that stuff out. So it's just, there's nothing right or wrong, it's just, there is a distinction and a separation. And I think, for instance, many executives would be well-served in the traditional world to think of a little bit more about entrepreneurial ideas, right? So they could be more innovative, so they could be more free-thinking and more agile. And then many of the Wild Wild West entrepreneurs could really benefit from the practical communication skills, the practical management skills, supervisory skills, systems and reports and, you know, dashboards and all the things that make an executive do their job well. Right? So that's where I see a, a little bit of a gap in disparity. I love it. So when we come back, we're going to hear from Mohassan on how you take the wild, wild west of the scattered entrepreneur to the, and, uh, and also for the, say for example, C-suite uh, executive and how we blend them. We're gonna be right back after a word from our sponsors. I'm James Steele with Farmers Insurance, Steele Insurance Agency. I'm an experienced business owner and I know the demands that come with growing a business. 
from keeping up with payroll to the flexibility needed in uncertain times. Being a business owner today is more rewarding and trying than ever before. If you're looking to start or expand, let my experience serve you. From general liability to workers' comp, from audits to certificates of insurance, please give me a call and let my team answer your questions. I have a commercial specialist, life insurance specialist, and retirement agent all standing by. We are back with Mo Hassan. So Mo, I know we had so much to talk about during the little break, um, but I want from my listeners to hear from your perspective that there is so much to learn from a different perspective. Please cue us into how your mindset works. Okay, so there's a, I'm a little not traditional in many, many ways in business, right? So just a little bit. Like, so for instance, I run a CEO group here in Miami, and I typically do my management conference calls from my boat, right? And I'm on video, and I'm boating, and I'm like, I'm not apologetic about it. I'm like, too bad. It's not my fault you decided to be in your office, right? Like, it's Monday. What are you doing with your life? So um, I'm a little untraditional in some ways. And what I'd like to share is there's something very specific that I've identified as a major problem in business and something that I've identified as a solution, which this understanding is the core of the ethos around which all of my products, my trainings, all the companies that I run, everything is focused around this ethos, this understanding of life itself. And it starts with understanding that the biggest problem we have in business also happens to be the biggest problem that we have in most of life, which is just emotional intelligence, which could be understood easily as just three things. One is the understanding of one's own emotions, right, and emotional conditions. Second is the handling and then the responsibility for one's own emotions. And then the third is to be able to handle the emotional states and conditions of others. Right, so that if you're upset, by golly, I don't need to be at the effect of your upset. Mm-hmm. So that's the basics of emotional intelligence. And what I've identified is that what happens in business, why do teams make errors? Why are there communication issues? Why is there poor customer service? Why is the board acting against you know the founders? Why is like all this other kind of stuff happening? It's usually because of emotional triggers and emotional charge. And therefore, when those things show up, intelligence drops. Communications drop, agreements drop, and overall, satisfaction results and all the other wonderful things drop with it. I love it. So how do we handle such a thing, right? How do we handle such a condition that's so complex, so woven in, that it's woven into the amygdala part of our brains, it's woven into we have fields of study of psychology and mind science and yoga and many, many, many other things to handle this. Yet, as you can see, it's not handled. Mm-hmm. And what I propose, and this is the distinction of my teachings from anyone else's, right? Like for anyone that's ever interested in, like, hey, why should I listen to you? Why should I follow you? Why should I hear it? And I say, you shouldn't. Because you should understand this for yourself. And if it rings true for you, then please continue. And ever, if it ever, ever, ever stops being true for you, please stop. Do not follow me blindly, Right? And the reason why, the reason why is because this understanding is the central principle upon which everything that I do is based, which is the understanding that who you are is the spirit, as distinguished 
from a body that you possess and control, from emotional conditions that you experience, and an intelligence that you utilize, that who you are is the ghost in the machine, that you are the driver, not the car. That singular stable datum, and the term stable datum comes to us from the scientific method. It is a piece of information, a piece of data that you hold to be so true that you base all other evidences, all other viewpoints on top of that, that particular data point. Right? So for instance, if you, if you were married in life, right, you would have that as a stable datum. So if you're at a bar and someone's talking to you, you'd kind of have that consideration first. Hopefully, hopefully, I don't know, depends on your agreements, right? As an example, just like, you know, if you're a lawyer, you think a certain way, whatever identity, whatever core belief system you have is your stable data. So in business, we have a missing stable data of the understanding that who you are is the spirit, which is why the vast majority of management is actually based on command and control. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm your boss. Right. I'm going to command and control based on my position and my voice. Right? And we've seen this. We've seen this evidence across the corporate world, across restaurants, across retail, across warehouses. You name the industry, and we're going to see this piss-poor style of management. Now, what I'm here to tell you is that the best freaking executives in the world don't do this garbage that the best executives in the world understand that who you are is the spirit. So they treat people like people. They treat people like beings yeah. and they communicate with them and they actually have honor and integrity and ethics that they exercise with their teams. They don't just treat people like reusable, wasteable things, right? They're not just objects. They're not just business processes, right? They're people. And so that singular understanding actually is the foundation for everything that I do, including what I teach. That's amazing. So before we finalize, if you could give my listeners three um, key points as to either what they could do, what they could look at, it could be internally, what would that be, Mo? Sure, sure. Actually, uh, that, that's great. Okay, I'll give you three key points and I'll give them rapid fire so you, you can keep it. them in it. Please note that on each of these, I can expand for days. The first is a tool for self-assessment. It is a tool for self-assessment. You need not have anyone else help you with this tool. Tool number one. Tool number one is to evaluate your actions to say, were they pro-survival or were they counter-survival in the important areas of your life, right? Your happiness, your career, your joy, your satisfaction, your willingness to help people, your community. If you look at areas of your life, you can see, did you take a pro or counter survival action? So maybe you took a job that pays very well. So that's a pro survival action for your finances, pro survival for your family. But that organization shits on this planet. That becomes a counter survival action for mankind and this planet and all living things. I like it. Easy evaluation for statistical analysis. Number, Number two. two, in communication, you ought to be able to produce as a minimum standard of understanding, a dictionary quality definition of the words, terms, and symbols that you communicate them. So for instance, if you're gonna tell me that I love you, you better know what the heck I love you means individually as words, as well as as a phrase, and every definition of it, and antonyms, contronyms, and synonyms, because if you're telling me I love you, we better be clear on the definition. Mm -hmm. 
How can we have integrity if we don't have understanding of the basics of that? And this becomes the issue for most people. They don't have integrity, not because they have bad intentions, but because they simply don't even have a grasp of the language itself. Wow. All right. Then number three, here we go. Tool number three is to be willing to look at where in life you have dropped responsibility and to simply pick up responsibility. I left a mess in my closet six years ago. I said I was going to clean it up. Well, great. Pick it up and throw the shit away. It's fine. Just pick up the responsibility, right? Maybe in your relationships, you fell asleep. Maybe at your job, you fell asleep, right? You were once great at your job. Now you're just okay. You're kind of just floating. Fine. Pick it up. Pick up the responsibility for being great at your communications, great at your email, great at every single transaction you have with every being that you interact with. When you pick up responsibility, when you increase responsibility, what you get is control and freedom. I love it. So basically what you're saying is we all might have some skeletons in our closet, but be responsible. Go dissect them. But that I love it, Mo. That's like go dissect it and figure out how you're going to be a good person because that good person goes back to how you're going to be a good company. How you're going to lead others. Exactly. How you're going to be a good CEO. That's amazing. So tell me before we end up uh, where we're going to finish off. What's exciting you right now? What's, what's, what's on the radar for Mo Hassan? So what's very exciting for me right now is I just finished up a year and a half long vacation and I came back to launch my dream, right? To launch a product, a curriculum that I call Happy Works. And I've taken my 20 plus years of teaching executives and managers and all the things that I've learned from them and all the things that I've gone out and learned so that I could serve my executive clients. And I've opened it up as a leadership training that's available to anyone. And so we're offering it to organizations and enterprises. We have additions available for individuals. We have additions available for small businesses, et cetera. And it's a place where you can actually learn the real deal. And here's how you know that what I'm teaching you is the truth. Because you can take any of my teachings and you can test it against any condition of life, any time, and it will hold true. And if it doesn't, don't follow me, don't talk to me, delete me. It's okay. Because I stand by what I teach. Because these are universal truths. And it's time for the nonsense to end. It's time for all this garbage that's out there to actually see so that people can have real information and valid data points so they can actually handle life themselves. There's just too much garbage out there and I'm kind of annoyed with it, you can say. I love it though, but you know what? The uh, the too much the too much garbage is gonna get us so that we can do what I say, which is the triple D approach, where you drill down, you dive in. And you do it. And that is exactly it. How do you get rid of the bullshit and get down to what's really, really matters? Moa San, you have been amazing, practical, and you're so um, awesome on the eye. If you know what I'm talking about, you're a beautiful soul. You're a beautiful person. 
I love talking to you. Thank you, Kylie, and thank you so much for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. And I just want to share one quick story, if we can fit it Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Which is that how you and I met, right? yes. which is that I think a fun way. So <laughs> you know, I try to be responsible when I'm at conferences. And Kylie and I met at a CEO conference, right? And we just like totally hit it off. And we literally like skipped sessions so we could hang out and talk. We, we zeroed in on each other. We're like, yeah, we got, we're like, we got to like. She's really smart. I'm like, no, I want to hang out with her. I want to see what she has to say. I don't really care what's going on in the group of uh, a couple of hundred uh, other CEOs. So, so thank awesome. you so much for being amazing. You're so thank awesome. you thinking of me and having me on. I really, really appreciate she's it. Great. And you know what? I love calling you my friend. I love calling you my friend. Oh, so thank you. I feel the same. Thank you so much. Wow, was that so like mind-blowing information? What an interesting concept for business and how we should all be. Thank you so much for listening to podcast number seven at the Entrepreneurs Hangout Podcast. If you liked us, well love us and give us a thumbs up, thumbs up and share us to your buddies that need to hear from us. Thanks so much. I can't do it without you. Thanks. We are JG Design, the proud producers of Entrepreneurs Hangout with Kylie Dahl. We are a company that specializes in video and audio production that will elevate your business and add value to your brand. Find us at jgdesignonline.com for more information.